Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, if you would, go with me tonight to the book of Exodus, chapter 15. And uh, we want to look at some things uh, as it pertains to the Lord being our healer and that great promise in the Word of God. Uh, And I also want to make you aware of a couple things. Pastor Michelle and I have been uh, working on some different uh, elements of uh, travel and whatnot. And so now this Wednesday night, of course, you will have uh, me by video again, but then every Wednesday night from following after that, one of us will be here on Wednesday night live, so, uh, and then one of us will be here every Sunday, uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and uh, so uh, we've, uh, we've di- just pressed into that. Uh, I was talking to uh, Brother Steve today, Steve and Pat, they were out doing some things in the yard. And I was telling him that that was going to be our travel schedule. And he said, well, he said, uh, once you get that plane, it won't be that big of a deal. And I said, that's right. So we're believing God. Amen. And you're with us. I know you are. And so, uh, but God's good. Amen. And uh, we're growing here. We're growing in Little Rock and, and just doing what the Lord would have us to do. Amen. So Exodus chapter 15, healing is not, not, ever a question because it's something that God has already shown that he has a predisposition to do all right from what he said about himself in the word of God and we walk through the ministry of Jesus uh, you know when Jesus was was physically on the earth in his physical ministry and this sounds elementary but if you want to ever discern if healing is always God's will then if you look at the ministry of Jesus, there was no one that ever came to Jesus that he said, it's not my will to heal you. There were people that weren't healed because they didn't believe, but Jesus never said, it's not my will to heal you. All right? Over and over again through the four gospels, we see that Jesus very often, it says multitudes came to him and he healed them all. Right When you look through all of the personal interactions through the four Gospels uh, of Jesus' ministry, and, and, and there's somewhere in the neighborhood of 19 personal interactions that Jesus had. Now, not 19 in one book, but 19 spread throughout the four books. Everyone that came to Jesus, very often Jesus would say things like, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, that I might receive my sight. According to your faith, be it unto you. Lord, you can, heal, you, can, you can heal me if you desire to do it. And Jesus, it says, reached out and touched him and said, I desire it with all my heart and cleansed him. Right? So every time someone came to Jesus and said, I need to be healed, Jesus was predisposed to do it. And it's not just because he was Jesus. It's because that's, what, that's the Father's nature. And the nature of the Father was in Jesus. All the compound names of God are encapsulated in that one name, Jesus. And one of the first names that God introduced himself to his people as was the Lord that heals you. 
And if that's one of the first names that he introduced himself to his people as, and God never changes, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He cannot lie. He cannot violate his word. Then he's still the God that heals because he's eternally set himself in that position. Amen. Amen. In, in the book of uh, Exodus chapter 15, you're right there, verse 26. And this is right after they, they've crossed the Red Sea. And they were there uh, at the waters of Meribah, and, and the waters were bitter. And the Lord showed him a tree, and he cast the tree into the waters. And that's a whole other teaching uh, about how our lives were bitter with sin, and our lives were bitter under the curse. But we encountered the cross. We encountered the tree that Jesus hung on, and our lives were made sweet. Glory be to God. But notice, he said, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon you that I brought on the Egyptians, for I'm the Lord that heals you. Now, we've taught enough on this that you understand that the King James translators translated this in the causative sense that God put these diseases on the people, but in, in reality, it was something he allowed, right? And, and he allowed it because of, of their disobedience. But here's the point that I want you to see. Notice, he says, I will, I will put or I will allow none of these diseases upon you that I brought upon the Egyptians. Now, I realize the punctuation is not anointed, but I want you to see that there's a colon there because it's, it's, it's about to separate these statements, these diseases that I've allowed or brought upon the Egyptians for I'm the Lord that heals you. That's how you would say it. You can read it like, you know, I'll allow none of these diseases on you because, you know, I'm the Lord that heals you. It's an, it's an emphasis, all right? I allowed them on the Egyptians, but I'm the Lord that heals you, Amen. right? I'm the Lord that heals you. I am your physician, I think it's Young's literal translation says, I'm your surgeon. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? So, so not only is he a physician that can diagnose, he's a physician that can diagnose it and fix it. Glory to God. Amen. He, he can take care of the problem. But notice that he sets himself eternally as our healer. Because once God calls himself something, that's what he is. Is that right? And so he says, I'm the Lord that heals you. And, and throughout the Bible, throughout the entirety of, of, of the Old Testament and the New Testament, Egypt is a picture of the world. All right? Egypt is a picture of the world outside the covenant of God. And notice this. He says, all of those diseases came on Egypt. He said, but... I, they're not going to come on you because I'm the Lord that heals you. God will always make a separation between his people and the world. Amen. Glory to God. Now, look at Exodus 23. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm ahead of myself and getting there fast. Thank you, Jesus. And um, in chapter 23, Exodus chapter 23 and verse 25, 
and you shall serve the Lord your God, and he'll bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. I will take sickness away from the midst of you. When you go through other translations, there are translation after translation that says, I will take it utterly from your midst. I will take it completely away. Now, so we're seeing a progression. In Exodus uh, 15, he said, I'm the Lord that heals you. Now here he says, if it's in your midst, I'll take it away. I'll take it away. Only the God that can heal can take that away. But notice, if it's there, he'll take it. I said, if it's there, he'll take it. Amen. That's why we don't fear a report that we may get from the doctor, because even if they say it's there, he'll take it. Right? It's, it's, it's the fact that you believe. See, you start with believing that God is your healer. That settles the fact. God is my healer. And then if you go and you get a bad report, it's okay because the healer is there and he'll take it away from you. Do, do you see that? Hallelujah. That's, that's why you got to be careful because, because very often what happens is, uh, you know... <laughs> Somebody will come and say, I'm going to the doctor. I want you to pray with me that I won't get a bad report. Well, I don't know that you won't get a bad report. But here's what I know. If you do, he'll take it. Glory. If you do, he'll take it. Amen. Remember, we we told you the the testimony this morning about the man uh, uh, that fell off the crane and shattered his feet. And the doctor said, there's nothing we can do. And, and you might not ever walk again, but me and his niece agreed in Little Rock. She, she's part of our, our staff there in Little Rock, and we agreed. And that night, he said, I woke up, and it felt like somebody had their hands on my feet, and they were fixing my toes and pulling them back in place. And he said, I felt all kind of like worms in my feet, and I could, I could just feel things being fixed. And the doctor came in in the morning, the same doctor that said, there's nothing we can do, and said, the bones in your feet are back where they need to be, and the only problem that you have is in your heels, and we can help you with that. So the same doctor that said, there's no hope, it, in 24 hours, what happened? The healer came in the room and took the problem out of the way. See, he got a bad report, but the bad report didn't shake him. The report is just a report. Faith is not denial. Faith is not afraid of the report that you might get. Faith says, I can do something about the report. Oh, glory be to God. Amen? So he said, notice, I'll take it. I'll take sickness from you. I'll take disease from you. So if it's there, he'll take it. That's, that's, that's what I've got to believe. I've got to filter everything through the filter of the word of God. That if it's there, he'll take it. If it's there, he'll take it. Because he's my healer. Notice, he's my healer. He's, the people, he's his people's healer. This is so important. Because, listen, I, I was raised Pentecostal. And, and I don't mean charismatic. I mean Pentecostal. I mean, we, we, I was raised bun-wearing. No makeup-wearing. 
No pants wearing Pentecostal. You know what I'm saying? You could not wear any color tie but black. Because if you wore a different color tie, man, you were, you were, you were promoting yourself. You were full of pride. Now, I'm not making fun of them. I'm just saying that's where it was. And, you know, we were raised that God can heal. God has healed. We don't know if he'll heal you. I mean, he can. And the prayer was always, if it be your will. Right? Heal this person. Heal this man. Heal this woman. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you find in the Bible something God says he is, there's no need to pray about his will in that circumstance anymore. He is that. Is that right or wrong? He, for instance, he said, I'll supply all of your need according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. No need to ever pray about will God supply your need. He's already put himself down as your need meter. That, that, understand that sounds elementary to us, but that's where you go. We talked this morning about you got to turn to the higher truth. When the circumstance presents itself, when sickness presents itself, you got to turn to the higher truth that I have a healer that'll take this sickness away from me. Amen. And then you stand on that. I remember I was talking to Joe McCroskey. When, when he and Brother Jerry were here last, and he was telling me back when, when COVID hit, and you know, you read in Adventures in Faith, the, their magazine, that, that he got diagnosed with, with COVID. And he said, I was dealing with that. And he said, they put me on the elevator and took me to the third floor. And he said, when the elevator opened on the third floor, I could feel the spirit of death. And he said, I said out of my mouth, I will not die, but I will live. And declare the works of the Lord. And he said, the lady that was behind him said, oh, are you a believer? She, he said, yes. She said, good, because the people that come up here don't leave alive. Amen. But Joe did. Amen. Why? Because he had a healer that took it away. That took it away. Took it away. Amen. I got people in here tonight. You went to the doctor and they said cancer. They said there's nothing we can do. But here you are tonight. You're sitting here because, come on, help me out. Because he took it away. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Isn't that good? Now look at Deuteronomy chapter, uh, chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7. I don't have a, a, a long time for you tonight, but we have some good stuff, I think. It's so important. It's so important. I said to you this morning that two things that changed my life was when I came to understand that the word was, number one, truth, and that the word was light. That's the nature of the word, truth and light. And, and of course, uh, uh, I, I remember. Let me share this story. You know, pastors have stories, right? The Lord was preparing us for something. Michelle and I were living in, in Nashville, Tennessee, actually living in Hendersonville. And uh, we had a, she had a business, and I was working at a company there. And, uh, but uh, uh, y'all have met, well, you, many, some of you in here have met my, young, my uh, youngest son, and they pastor in Illinois now. Well, this was many, many years ago, and uh, him and his mother were living here. 
And, uh, of course, we wanted to come and be close to them. And so we kept feeling the leading of the Lord to move here. And we, uh, the, the church we had been a part of in, in Nashville, the pastors had left and the church had closed. And so it was kind of like one of those things that, uh, you know, they knew that I taught the Word. So we had a Bible study going there in Nashville and uh, with a, a couple, Mary and Cobby Waller. I think that they, they may be in heaven today, if I remember correctly. But anyway, we would meet every, uh, like, Wednesday evening and Sunday morning. And I wasn't trying to start a church. It's just they didn't have anywhere to go. So I was just teaching them Bible study. Well, here's what I was doing. This is all those years ago. I, I would listen to the Believer's Voice of Victory Monday through Friday, and then I would teach them on Sunday morning what Brother Copeland had taught me. Right? And, and they, they didn't know that. I, I should have given him credit, I guess. But in, in any event, in, in any event, I, I, was, I was there. And Mary came to me one day because we were, we were leaving. We were coming here. And she came to me. And she, this would have been in 90, oh, 94, 95, I think. And she had a tape series by Brother Copeland. It was entitled Establishing Your Heart on the Word, and it was from the, it was from the uh, uh, England victory campaign that they had had. And uh, uh, it was, I don't know, eight or 12 tapes. And she said, uh, I didn't know if you'd be interested in this. And, and she gave to me, well, it was like eight or 12 tapes of Brother Copeland teaching on Psalm 112. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. And that was, that was the emphasis. Well, I didn't know what the Lord was, was working up in us. But uh, uh, the long story short is, of course, uh, Angela, our, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember, I got a bunch of kids, our, our second daughter, Jessica Angela Liliana. That's it. Okay. And, and uh, when she was born, she had suffered all that trauma in the birth canal and had a punctured lung and some other issues. And uh, <laughs> this... I had been listening to that series over and over and over and over again. The Lord is my witness. I wore that tape series out. The tape broke. But by the time the doctor came in and said, we don't understand everything that's going on. We know there's some trauma. It could be a heart problem. We got to rush her to Children's Mercy and get, get her up there with specialists, Right? And then she walked out the door, I told you this morning, and my wife was laying there in the bed, and she reached over and grabbed my hand and said, Philip, my heart is fixed, trusting in God. He will heal my daughter. Now, you've heard this story, but i got to retell it because of what we're talking about. And, and I've, never, I've, never, I've never, ever seen this again. And so we were just sitting there, and I don't know why. I do know why, but I didn't know why then. And I asked my wife, I said, would you like me to turn on the TV just maybe to get your mind off some things? She said, that'd be fine. I turned on the TV in the room that we were at, and when the TV came on, now this is, this is the middle of the night. This is like 10 o'clock at night. And the TV came on, and brothers and sister Copeland were sitting in their chairs at their prayer cabin, and Brother Copeland pointed his finger in the TV camera and said, your heart is fixed, trusting in God. My Lord. Amen. That's all I heard. That's all I needed. 
I said, let me go get my hands on her. I couldn't get to her, but I could get to the nursery. And I got my hands on the glass. And I said, Angela Levine Steele, our heart is fixed trusting in God. Amen. See, he's taking it. He's taking it. And, and I got up to Children's Mercy. And they said, they said, you know, she's got a punctured lung. She's got these other things. And they said it could be, you know, uh, uh, they, were, they were saying two or three weeks, you know, until everything's right. Uh, you know, I appreciate what they did. They had their stuff together. But I had already decided this is, this is, this is fixed. And at that time, I was working for Blue Cross Blue Shield just down the hill, you know, where Children's Mercy is there around uh, the plaza area, and you just had to come up the hill. And so I would walk up there every day and just be with her for an hour over my lunch. And so when, when we first started with this, she was like, if I remember correctly, something like 30% breathing on her own, 70% breathing on, on the ventilator. Well, the second day, she was up to 60-40. The third day, 50-50. The Friday of the week they'd put her in, I was up standing in front of her bassinet. The doctor came through with all the, the interns, the, the doctors and, 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 and nurses and whatnot in training. And he stopped right in front of us. And he said, are you her father? I said, yes, I am. He turned around and looked at all those students and said, this is our miracle baby. He said, we didn't do anything. She just healed herself. I thought, no, she didn't heal herself. The healer took it away. It was there, but the healer took it away. And it was, it was during that time that I learned to believe God for what God said. If God said, I'm this, then that's what he is. And he's eternally that. Glory be to God. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 7. And, and I've got to, to get you to see this because I, I want to go to the verse about healing, but I want you to see this in uh, verse 13. Well, verse 8. Because he's talking about why God delivered them. Notice verse 8. Because the Lord loved you and he would keep the oath that he swore to your fathers, the Lord's brought you out with a mighty hand, redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Hallelujah. Verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God, he is God. Notice what he is. The faithful God. The faithful God. That committed to his word. Notice he keeps covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandment to a thousand generations. Verse 13. And he will love you. See, are you, get, are you getting the key here that God loves you, right? He'll love you and bless you and multiply you, bless the fruit of your womb, the fruit of your land, your corn, your wine, your oil, the increase of your kind, flocks of your sheep. In the land he swore to give you, you'll be blessed above all people. There will not be male or female barren among you or your cattle. Here it is. And the Lord will take away from you all sickness. All sickness. And will put or allow none of the evil diseases of Egypt that you know upon you. But they'll, they'll be lain or they'll come upon all that hate you. So here again we see something. He starts out by telling us how much he loves us. And then he says, and here's what will happen. The Lord will take away from you all sickness. 
And he, and he says, and will allow none of the evil diseases of Egypt, the diseases of this world, the diseases of this age, that you know they won't come on you because the Lord will take sickness away from you. The Lord will take sickness away from you. Right now, where you're sitting, there's a barrier between you and sickness. And it might try, but it can't stick. It might try, but it can't stay. Why? Because it might come on your body. It might come on your home. But the Lord will take it away. Why? Because he promised. He said, I love you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to keep you. And I won't allow those diseases to come upon you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 You remember that confession in, in Brother Charles Capps, uh, 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 God's created power for healing. Every disease, every germ, every virus that touches my body dies instantly in the name of Jesus. Why? This blessing wall. This blessing wall is on you. God has said, I'm your healer. So that, that tells me something. And this is elementary and you know it. But this tells me something. God has nothing to do with sickness. He's not using sickness. He's not okay with sickness. He's not just sitting back and letting sickness run rampant. Anybody, anybody, over and over again in these verses we see, if you'll believe him, if you'll do what he tells you, if you'll act like he's telling you to act, this is what will happen. Anybody in simple faith that will just say, Lord, you're my healer. And I believe you want to take this away from me. He'll do it. I said he'll do it. Amen. Amen. Look at uh, Isaiah 53. We're seeing a progression. He said he would take it. He said he would take it. I believe gone. Hallelujah. Isn't it wonderful? Hallelujah. And... Uh, Verse chapter 53, and beginning in verse 4, surely, now that word surely, it blesses me so much because it means without doubt, surely. I remember Rod Parsley telling the story that when he went to the doctor and his son Austin was diagnosed with, uh, 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 actually diagnosed with, uh, with autism, and uh, and the doctor said to him, said to, to Rod Parsley, he said, uh, uh, he'll, he'll, he'll never really ever know you. He'll, he'll never be able to, uh, he'll never have a date. He'll never finish school. He'll probably never be able to go to the bathroom on his own. He'll, he'll basically just be, you'll have to care for him the rest of his life. And he said, I went out in the car and I shut the door. And he said, I went home. And I went down in the basement and I opened the Bible up and, and he said, you know, I, I'm not the wordsmith Rod Parsley is, but he said, he said that it fell to this chapter and he saw that word and that word surely just stood up on the pages and God said, surely I've borne your sicknesses and carried your diseases. Amen. And he said that, that that got so deep in him that it became to him that there was absolutely no way that his son would not be healed. There was absolutely no way. Because why? Listen, this is the same God who's saying, surely, that said in Exodus 15, I'm the Lord that heals you. Glory. Amen. Hallelujah. And at the time that he was, that he was ministering that message, 
at the time that he was ministering that message, he said, you know, and just the other night, he said, my son came to the house with his prom date. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, right? They said he'd never have a girlfriend. Boy, you didn't never have a girlfriend, but you got a prom date, going to the prom, graduated high school, living his life. Why? Surely. Now, now notice, surely he hath borne our sicknesses. The word grief is sicknesses and carried our sorrows or our pains. And remember, Isaiah is looking down prophetically. And he says, we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Right? So, so in other words, it, it looked like to us prophetically that he was being punished by God for something he did. Right? But notice what it says. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace, the chastisement needful to produce peace was upon him. It was not peace from God to man. It was peace needed to be made between man and God. Man needed to be reconciled to God. There had to be a punishment to produce that peace between man and God. And Jesus said, here I am. You prepared me a body. A body had to be prepared because the suffering had to occur in the body. The suffering of sickness had to occur in the body of Jesus so that the suffering of sickness could be removed from your body by the suffering that Jesus endured on the cross of Calvary. Everything that Jesus bore in his body, I'm free from it. I'm delivered from it. I have no part of it. I have no part of it. My part of entering into his suffering is receiving everything he did in his body for me. Oh, glory be to Jesus. So he says he was wounded For our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, the blows that cut in. Notice what it says. We are healed. Now, this is so important. He tells you that's how it happens. That's the method. By what he endured. Amen. And and yes, that, that is Isaiah looking forward to what Jesus did. You know, every person Jesus healed, I'll show you in a minute. Every person Jesus healed, it was based on this verse. Every person Jesus healed, he healed them on credit. Based on that verse. Because Jesus healed no saved people. Couldn't nobody be saved. Jesus hadn't died yet. But they were all healed on credit. This verse carries so much power that everybody that Jesus healed was healed based on this verse. Glory be to God. Amen. If, if they were healed on credit based on a work that was going to occur, how much more should we be healed based on something that's already been finished? Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. My goodness, my goodness. That was worth combing your hair and coming to church for. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Do do, do you see that? This is how I'm healed. This is how you're healed. I remember my my mother was was dealing with uh, uh, fibromyalgia. And uh, her and dad came through. Uh, Of course, they were evangelists. 
and, and they came through many, many years ago. This has been many years ago. Uh, Kathleen, I think it was probably 24 years ago uh, when, when we hadn't been pastoring here but maybe a year. And uh, they, they had a hotel, and, and so I went to visit with them, and, and uh, I was talking to mom, and I had family members telling me what bad shape mom was in, and, and uh, you know, I was always her favorite, so, you know, I, they, they wanted me to try to get her to do something. But, but, you know, I learned a long time ago, I got to locate you. And if I locate you and I find that you're in faith, I got to get in there and agree with you. So I, I sat down and I talked to mom. I said, now, mom, I don't, I don't know everything that's going on, but I wouldn't do anything to hinder your faith. But I need to know where you're at because I need to get in agreement with you. Because I need to, you're my mother, you, you taught me how to love Jesus, but I don't know if you're in faith, I need to find out, right? right? And she began to talk to me, and I could sense that she was in faith. I said, all right, I'm in agreement with you, that you're healed in Jesus' name. Now, of course, you know, her and dad traveled all the time, and they, they left here and went to another church, I think, I think it was in Ohio, if I remember correctly, and it was, I mean, it was bad. Mother never did weigh much. And, and 90 pounds soaking wet, maybe, you know, I mean, and, and so she's losing weight and she couldn't even stand through a service. She'd go to the service and couldn't even stand through the service. And uh, one night they, they came in and she came up the aisle and came sit on the front row and it was during praise and worship and she heard this in her spirit. If you will stand up and worship the lamb that was beaten and bloodied for your healing, you'll be healed tonight and she stood up and just began to worship the Lord and the power of God came on her and healed her amen never dealt with that again just talk to her today she'll be 80 soon and she's still traveling preaching yeah you know dad went to heaven a, a few years ago and mom said mom told me not too long ago she said there's no reason to go home I got a lot more preaching to do well go ahead <laughs> praise but, but, but it, was on the, it was on this verse. This is how healing gets into us. Does that, does that make sense? Now, now I, got, I got one more verse for you. First Peter. Or, or no, 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 no. Matthew. Go to Matthew. Got to go to Matthew. Matthew chapter 8. I'm not going to take much longer. Hallelujah. The ministry of Christ is the will of God for all people for all time. And when you, when you look here in Matthew chapter 8, uh, you see a number of, of healings. You see the leper healed. Uh, you see the centurion servant healed. You see Peter's mother-in-law healed. And then you see that when he healed... Peter's mother-in-law, everybody found out he was there. And, and I was studying this one time, and, and the Greek carries the idea, and I'm not a Greek scholar, but uh, uh, I, I can read. And, and the Greek carries the idea that, that Jesus set up himself in front of Peter's house and just healed people all night long. Wow. So he healed Peter's mother-in-law. Charles Cap says that's why Jesus, Peter denied Jesus. 
I don't know if that's true or not, but glory. It's what Brother Charles said, so we'll just leave it there. Anyway, verse 16, when the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. For what purpose? That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Now, people that don't believe that God heals today will say that that healing was done away with there, that that's where Jesus fulfilled the prophecy there, and he doesn't do that today. But that, that's not what it's saying. It's saying that when he healed all the sick here, that he was, he was fulfilling the prophecy of Isaiah that this is how you get healed. Amen. And, but notice, notice what he did. He healed all that were sick. Now, why is that important? Because he said, if it's there, I'll take it. So if it was his will to heal all here, it's his will to heal all everywhere. Is that right? Amen. So there's no question. God has already shown that he is predisposed to heal. So that, that, that question has to always be out of my mind. Is it God's will? It's, we've, I've proven to you by four or five verses right now, four or five different scriptures, that it's God's will to heal. He's, predis- he's already committed himself to be your healer. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Now, one last verse, 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Now, you know these verses, but it's important that we see them because every day, is a faith day. Oh, hallelujah. That's the mandate on this ministry. And so, uh, 1 Peter 2, look at, look, let's look at verse 24. It says, now remember we've been in this progression. And what we saw in Matthew chapter 8 was the first time we saw in, in the Gospels the New Testament, if you would, where he took something. He took it. He took the sickness. And then Peter follows this up and says, Who in his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. Though we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. So this tells me something. That something happened in the body. We know that this is where Jesus became sin. Didn't become a sinner. He became sin because he took our sin into his body. Is that right? He bare our sin in his body on the tree. For what purpose? That even though we were dead, the King James says to sin, in sin, by what he did, we could live unto righteousness. By whose stripes? Blows that cut in. What did they cut into? His body. You were healed. So what happened with every, every lash that was put on Jesus was not only was the price paid for your healing, it was as if with the lash, your sickness was put on him because he had to carry it. He had to pay the price for it and carry it. He had to be made sin with your sin 
and then pay the price for your sin. He didn't have any. He, he had to carry your sickness and become sick with your sickness and pay the price for it so you wouldn't have to be sick because Jesus didn't walk around sick. Is that right? And remember, Isaiah said, with his stripes, you are healed. And then Peter says, notice, Peter, looking back, he says, with whose stripes you were healed. You were healed. Now, that's the key. That's the key. All right? In God's mind, I'm healed. Because this was accomplished. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see this? Because Jesus was willing to go through what he went through, in God's mind, healing is there. With his stripes, you were healed. So it's a settled fact. It's a settled issue. It just has to, in simple faith, be received. In simple faith, be received. Hallelujah. That, that settles the issue. I say that settles the issue. Amen. Amen. F.F. Bosworth, in, in, in his book, Christ the Healer, and, and in other sermons that he ministered, he would always talk about how easy receiving healing was. It just had to be received. Healing is part of the redemptive package. Salvation is part of the redemptive package. Your, your sins being forgiven and you walking, be, being made the righteousness of God. But you want to open up every part of that package. Amen. You want to open up every part. Yes, I'm saved. Yes, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. But I, I, want, to, I want to be healed in my body. I want to be prosperous in my finances. I want, right? Why? Because it's part of the package. You want to open up the whole package. And walk in all of it. Amen. Amen. And, when you, and when you recognize that Jesus has set himself as your healer. And God has set himself as your healer. For all eternity. He will never change. That, that settles the issue. Listen. Let, let me share this before I close. Let me share this. We, we all know 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. It says if we confess our sin. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. And cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, you believe that. The reason you believe that is you know Jesus is your Savior, you know, right? You know that God has forgiven you. So when you miss it, you immediately go and stand on that verse. And what do you expect? To be forgiven and to be cleansed from all unrighteousness. That's part of the redemptive package. That's part of it. But the same thing is when sickness attempts to override the covenant that you have, you've got to turn the same way that you would turn where that verse is concerned. And you've got to say, nope, Jesus was made sick with my sickness. God is my eternal healer. I received my healing in the name of Jesus. Yes. Amen. 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 Well, Pastor, I knew somebody that was believing and they died. You are always in a dangerous spot when you magnify an experience over the word. You understand? I, I re Listen, there are people I have prayed for that died. But it doesn't change the word. Amen. Doesn't change what the word says. We got to stay with the word. 
I've told you this story before. They, they asked Dr. Oral Roberts one time, what, what if the next person you pray hand, lay hands on for uh, uh, dies? He said, I'll say, next. Amen. That's, that's not being harsh. That's not being cold. It's, I, I'm not in charge of what everybody I lay hands on believes. But my job is to tell you, this is what God wants to do for you. You, you can walk in this. It is possible to walk in this earth without sickness. And if it does try to uh, 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 override your covenant, you can get rid of it because he'll take it away. I say because he'll take it away. Amen. Tell your neighbor he's taking it away. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I believe God tonight. I believe God. Thank you, Lord. I, t- I told you this morning about the, the gentleman that came in our Hispanic service. And uh, him and his wife had, had heard about our church, and they came, and, and I was ministering. And, and, and I was ministering along the lines of healing. And uh, I, I just said, I said, you know, if you're here today and you have cancer or you have something like that in your body, I'll come up here and I'll pray for you. Well, he came up and, and he told me he had cancer, told me the part of his body that he had cancer in. The doctor told him he, he had cancer. And, and I prayed for him and I, and, I, and I could sense the healing anointing flowing into his body. But here's the thing. Is, uh, so he went back to the doctor, came back to the church two weeks later. And uh, I wasn't there. Michelle was there. She was ministering. I was here ministering. And uh, he gave his testimony that he went back to the doctor and the cancer was gone. And then he said, I want to get saved. God healed him and he wasn't even saved. That's, that's, how, good, that's how good God is. Amen. But, but notice what the goodness of, remember the scripture in the book of Romans? Don't you know, oh man, that it's the goodness of God that causes you to repent, that leads you to repentance? That man wasn't even born again, but when God healed him, boy, he wanted to run to Jesus. I believe God. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 I believe God tonight. Amen. We're not going to take a lot of time. If you have any issues in your body, just raise your hands tonight. Just raise your hand. If, if you have an issue in your body, just, just put that, your hand on, on the area that you have that issue in, in the name of Jesus. I believe the Lord's going to heal you tonight. Father, I thank you for every person here, Lord, that, that needs a healing touch in their body. I thank you, Father, that according to your word, you are our eternal healer. And you said in your word that if we had sickness, that you would take it away. We've seen it from the word tonight. And because of that, we expect you to take it away. And we expect you to do what you said you would do. I speak over your people and I tell them to be healed. I tell them to be whole. I tell them to be well in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I declare over them that they're strong. I declare over them that their organs are strong, their bones are strong, their muscles are strong. Father, in the name of Jesus, every disease, germ, every virus that touches their body must die instantly. They are a cancer-free zone. Hallelujah. And we don't mind saying that anything that's going around the world will never have it. We choose to walk free from it. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. In the Lord good.
Hallelujah. Let's stand up tonight, shall we? Praise God.